0: We are here for a reason. What if we are not just in the universe, but the universe is within all of us? Hi everyone, Vegas from Critic here, Jeff Fricke Howard, here to review Wrinkle in Time, directed by Ava DuVernay, starring Chris Pine, Oprah Winfrey, Reese Witherspoon, Stormy Reed, uh, Gugu mbatha Ra. Just a, a wonderful cast, a wonderful cast. Based on the classic children's book from 1962, Wrinkle in Time. I never read it, you know, I was told it was a girl's book when I was growing up, you know, Generation X. So I I was well aware of Wrinkle in Time. I always saw it in the bookstore. I always saw it at school, in elementary school. I'm just like, what is that? But I never, never read it. And, uh... I I was really curious to see this big screen treatment, you know, that Disney was going to do, uh, that was going to, you know, bring this, I guess it's just so well known, you know, there's so many people love this book and I have not read the book. So I'm going to this just as someone who's seen the movie. And, uh, so just forgive me if I, if I don't understand some things that were in the book that are in the movie or how they all work, because I guess this is a really beloved series. Uh, so what we have is a girl, uh, Meg, Meg Murray, uh, who lost her father. He went missing Chris Pine. Uh, they're scientists and they have a theory called Tesseract. Which essentially, I guess, you use your mind to travel the universe. And it's as simple as that. You know, it kind of reminds me of Dune, where you could fold space, you know, and just like be somewhere else. Uh, so he ends up going missing uh, when uh, Meg was very young. And now she's in, I guess, junior high or high school. And she's having a lot of growing pains because she's being bullied at school. Uh, all her friends are reminding her that her father's missing another year. They mark the anniversary by harassing her and leaving notes on her locker. So she's having trouble in school. Now she has a little brother uh, played by, I forget his name. I'm going to get it. Derek McCabe, and now he's, you know, he's like seven or eight years old now. Before, when Chris Pine, playing the father, was uh, missing, he was just a baby. So now, she's going through all these growing pains and all these troubles, and then all of a sudden, these three, I guess you would call them witches, (laughs) will show up, who the names are... I I wrote them down. I have my notes over here, because this is a complex movie to talk about. So here we go. Showing my age. We have Oprah, he plays Mrs. Witch, and Reese plays Mrs. What's-It, and Mindy Caleb plays Mrs. Who. So... They're all misses, so I guess they're all married, right? So that that was, that was kind of bizarre. Uh, so anyway, they show up saying, "Look, you know, we're gonna help you find your father. You know, he's missing somewhere in the universe. So come along with us." And off they go, stepping through time, stepping through these wavy kind of portals. Looks like annihilation almost. And they start on this adventure across the universe. Cue the Beatles music. Uh, So this is a really ambitious movie, you know, and Disney has a lot riding on this because coming right off of Black Panther, which celebrated African-American culture and African-American superhero and, you know, making almost a billion dollars worldwide now. So here we have another movie with with women of color, uh, a tentpole film, $100 million plus, uh, you know, and Ava's last film was Selma. So now she's jumping into a fantasy adventure that is a big tentpole film. And I had a lot of problems with this movie. And first and foremost... It was just confusing. I didn't understand what was going on half the time. Okay, we kept jumping around. There was very little suspense. Uh, there was no nothing kind of connecting what was happening. We, obviously, we we're on a rescue mission and we're looking for the lost father, Chris Pine. But it just all these different plants that we go to just gets be, becomes really confusing what we're doing there. So remember that movie where, where dreams may come. You know, sometimes you're in these weird fantasy sequences where you have flowers have come alive. You have, I mean, it's like this is a real acid trip. It really is. It's really kind of crazy. It's like. If Interstellar uh married uh or had a uh, mixed it with um never ending story, okay? Because as they're out there and they're doing all these these recon missions, I guess you could say, there's this evil out there called the It. Just like in the Never Ending Story, they had the nothing, right? So the It is out there consuming the you know the universe and people. I don't know. I really don't know what's going on with this movie. I don't. And and the underlying tone of the movie, of course, is you can do it, you know be yourself uh, there's nothing you can't do, so every ten minutes you have Oprah, you have you know uh the 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 white kid you know <laughs> the calvin i don't understand why he's in this movie saying you're you know telling stormy telling meg you know you can do anything you know you're just you're beautiful and you you can just there's nothing you can't do, and without that. That underlying message of the film, which is positive, and I'm not bashing that, it just gets lost in this mess of a movie. It really does. This science fiction. And then also, you have uh, Charles. Charles Wallace. You hear that name over and over and over. That's the little kid, uh, Derek. Over and over in the movie. And it just it just becomes so annoying. Charles Wallace, where are you? Charles Wallace, don't go in there. Charles Wallace, I love you. Just over and over and over. And, then, and Derek McCabe, who plays Charles Wallace, he's phenomenal. He really is. He's got this role where he has so much dialogue and so much emotion. Because at one minute, he's the cute little brother. The next minute, he's working with the It, you know? So he's got this kind of maniacal face going on. Just like that little kid from The Twilight Zone. Remember that? Where he could wish you into the cornfield and all that? I mean, I can't thinking of Twilight Zone there were so many kind of influences in this movie and I think Ava DuVernay I think she was out of her league here you needed someone who understood fantasy someone who understood this kind of science fiction and she just came directing Selma you know so which was a phenomenal film but really is that the right genre to jump into this big budget uh movie like this you know that she doesn't have the experience you know we need a Guillermo del Toro we need someone that has some sort of fantasy know-how I do have to say that her direction was pretty interesting. Look how she uses a camera. She uses so many extreme close-ups, you know? So she was trying her best. I think she was trying to put her own mark on this movie and while trying to please the fans, but it just became so abstract. It became so existential and such an acid trip at times. I'm sitting in the theater with tons of families and tons of kids when I saw it, and it was just, you could feel the boredom. I just, I, that's, I, you could feel the boredom because it got so out there. It didn't become family friendly. They didn't kind of, they forgot their audience. That's how I thought they forgot their audience. And then you have Zach Galifianakis showing up. Is, what's his name? A uh, happy medium, you know, where they do this weird kind of seance where he's going to help find Chris Pine. It didn't make any sense where they stood on rocks. Uh, also, Michael Sena, who uh, no Michael Pena, sorry, who uh, uh, plays Red. I guess he works for the IT for the bad guys. And it just he's in and out, you know. So it just got to be so crazy. You know, what reminds me also if that uh, uh, Terry Gilliam influence on this movie. I mean, remember the the Dr. Parnassus movie, you know, where they kept going into these weird... That's exactly what I kept thinking of, because every time we kept going into these different worlds, just the most bizarre stuff would happen that made absolutely no sense. And then every 20 minutes, you can do it. We love you. You're the best. You know, you can just, you know, because even the director said this is a love letter to black girls all over, you know, everywhere, which is great. I, I, I applaud that. But I just don't think this is the right vehicle for that. This is not the right story, because it's so confusing. It's so overpowering. And, you know, even Oprah, I mean, it becomes comical when you have the three witches standing there and Oprah's like, her character's like bigger than life, you know, literally 15 stories tall because she doesn't want to shrink down to our size, right? So she's always kind of lumbering around. Reese Witherspoon is a childlike and Mindy, she just, you know, talks in quotes the whole movie. So it's just a really bizarre trip. It really was. And coming in at two hours, it really just kind of drains you by the time the movie's over. I just think Disney was just trying to please everyone with this film. I think the whole, the crew and the cast were all trying to please everybody in this movie. The cast is a whole rainbow, you know, you got the little boy who's Latino, you've got, you know, the white kid uh, playing Calvin, uh, Levi Miller, Uh, you have uh, Stormy Reed, you know, playing Meg, you know, African American, then you have, uh, you just have this, it just seems like it's just they threw everything they could in this giant pot, and it's just they forgot they had the salt. I don't know. That's a terrible analogy. It just it just didn't work. It's just they were trying to do so much instead of remembering, I guess, having fun with it, you know, and remember the audience was little kids, you know, kids who read the book, I guess. And sometimes a book never really can translate to the big screen. You know, look at Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I mean, my God, it's just trying to challenge of translating what's in the book and what's your imagination, you know, it, it, sometimes it doesn't work. And I went in just wanting to love this movie, but I kept thinking I'm watching Zardos half the time, you know? Uh, I just, it was just so many things that just kept popping in my mind like, wow, this is just really out there. This is a Disney film. This is something that little kids are supposed to appreciate. And I just, and I feel the audience. I, I loved, I think maybe it's just me. And I was looking around and people were squirming, people were sighing. It was just, it just didn't work. So, this is one of those movies that's just going to... Word of mouth is going to kill it. It really is. Because I, I think people are going to be pressured to say they like it, just like with Black Panther. If you come out against it, then you, you're you perceived to be, you know... I won't go there. Same thing with this movie, you know? But I'm telling you, it, it's just... It doesn't work. It's overbearing, confusing, choppy, uneven, uh, psychedelic. Just... It's way out there. It's just way too uh, experimental for, for uh, a general audience, So so... What do you think of uh, Wrinkle in Time? <laughs> uh, comment below. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube. God, I'm getting ahead of myself. Can I do this over? All right, so Wrinkle in Time. Uh, it really I've been thinking about this since I saw it last night. I've been writing notes down and you know the review embargo, which is really bizarre because Disney usually lets you... It shows it two weeks early and everyone's got the reviews out there, but they would not let us... Uh, post our review or do any kind of reviews of this until like a day, a specific day and time, like a couple of days before it comes out. Which is really interesting. And there's all kinds of things online about, you know, why is Disney doing this? You know, and then people at the premiere were very mixed on the movie. Uh, but are you going to come out against Oprah? It's like coming out against Motherhood and, and the ap- apple pie and the flag, right? And I love Oprah in it. And I thought there was something there for her. There was something there that was... It just wasn't in the right hands, maybe. Or just... I don't know. Just it really frustrates me. It really did because I wanted to like it. I really did. And people who've read the book, I'm sure I'd love to know what you thought. So anyway, check out Wrinkle in Time and come back here and let me know what you thought. All right, for more reviews and interviews, surf on over to my website at VegasFilmCritic.com. Also check me out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, uh, make sure you comment below. What did you think of Wrinkle in Time? Am I wrong? Am I right? Half right, half wrong? Love to hear from you. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of my reviews. And also give me a thumbs up and share. Also, you can take me along over there on iTunes. I do my podcast. All my reviews and interviews are over there too. So you can take me along with you. I'm Jeffrey K. Howard. Thanks so much for joining me.